Welcome back to Behind the Pixel. My name is Will. My name is Catherine. And this is our final episode of season one, technically. Gosh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's been that long. That's crazy. We've been doing this for almost one year. Yeah, just about. We are, let's see, how many episodes did we get out this year? 30? 30 something? 5, 36. I think this might be our 36th episode. That's a lot. What a blur. Yeah, sort of mid-30s. You know, that That makes sense because um, I'm 36. Oh, look at that. Yeah, so one for every year that I've been on this earth, I'm getting old. (laughs) You're doing just fine. So we thought for our last episode we would actually not talk that much because we're still getting over colds. Speak for yourself. I'm flawless, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting over a cold. But we wanted to look back at some of the interviews that we've had and kind of just listen in on what folks had to say, kind of reflect back. How did, how did you, how did you feel the podcast went? I mean, I thought it went really well. We got to ask a lot of really deep questions. We got to do a little bit more of getting insights from our clients and our peers and our colleagues just about how they view the side of the animation production that maybe, you know, I, th- I think we were able to take things away as much as they did. So, and hopefully the audience did. So I, I'm hopeful that, you know, in doing this sort of reflection and listening in on other interviews that if you missed an episode previously, uh, you'll be able to get some of the, some of the top highlights, I would say. This is basically our like, ESPN top 10 countdown, uh, (laughs) best hits, so to speak from the year. So, um, yeah, if you find that something was insightful for you, we hope you go back and re listen to that whole episode because there's a lot of great, great, great content and a lot of great insights that everyone had to share. So without further ado, let's drop some knowledge from the great guests that we had this year on behind the pixel. Get ready for that hot nodge. The hot nodge? <laughs> it's, everyone's saying it. It's going like, to be the new hot trend, hot like term for hot 2024. Nod. Hot nodge. <laughs> Hashtag hot nodge. Oof. See you soon. I saw a social post that you did recently that said um, it was something along the lines of like, you know, dope people and smart people who are wearing hoodies are better than like <laughs> fools and suckas in business suits. And so we're rocking the hoodies today to, <laughs> to support that that initiative. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> dope people, dope people that did the mastery, mastery hours versus versus um, posers in suits. Because there's yes. a lot of people that didn't do the mastery hours and they looked apart, the right? And then they like, so they blocked the dope stuff from happening. What we're trying to do with the podcast is basically teach other people what what's in our minds. Um, and so what advice would you have for other large brands that are in that, in that same bucket to improve their communication through the creative process? Because y- you guys are working with these guys all the time. We're talking a lot more about story with those people uh, on the inside. That would indicate to me that they're hiring for that and they're thinking about that. And story and content 
delivered in story form is becoming more and more important. So that's been this huge, like, I don't know, greasing of the wheels or whatever you want to call it of just like getting into like really productive, creative conversations when we're kind of thinking about things, but being able to talk in that way is it unlocks a whole lot of cool stuff. When people approach me and they don't know exactly what they want, they want to quote like right away. And mm. it's kind of hard to get an idea of exactly what they want and then quote them for it. I feel like I'm pretty good at it, but I have to like really have a sit down conversation with them. How do you mm. convince clients to to get on board with trying it, maybe even a new style that you haven't done before? We all know good, fast, cheap, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's 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 kind of in, it's kind of in the same spirit where you got like. You got story, you got direction, and you got your aesthetic, right? So, like, for clients or prospects being like, do you have, I'm sort of making this up here, like, a healthcare technology startup animation about a product that's for this audience? You're like, if if we had that, we would have already created it for you. You know what I mean? Because mm. it's, like, it's so specific. But, like, usually we're able to be like, no, but if you can watch these two to three examples at cut like this one, Watch it for the direction and this one for the story, this one for the sort of style or aesthetic. And of course, like mood board really helps like congeal that too. Right. That tends to get them over the hump a bit. Working with other creative partners, what is it that you're looking for in terms of that relationship? What makes it a, a strong partnership? A self-starter, someone like people who understand, let's forget about a crew, right? That's just even from what, what are we looking for in partners and you know what OpenPixel has done well it's that it's like uh, i don't want to have to explain to my operator every little detail about how to technically execute on a right. task right i want mm -hmm. that person to i want to describe a problem and i want that person to give me five solutions to them or one that works really well or to discuss openly with me and say hey i don't know exactly what you mean is it something like this you know to not be afraid like a lot of like uh, techies and operators, they, they get a little like protective or maybe insecure about not knowing something. And I think that's kind mm -hmm. of like, hey, we'll figure it out together. Let's talk about this thing and like work out what's the best plan of approach. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, I think like having initiative, you know, is I think is what Gabe is what you're describing and like ownership, right? Like instead of just being a, a pair of hands, I had a mentor tell me that a long time ago. It's like, man, I, I, like you can say yes sir, yes sir, all you want, but like that's not what I need. I don't need just a pair of hands. I need someone who's like thinking about it. As long as there's an open awareness and agreement and trust between the audio and the creative director, then you can, you know, sort of feel your way through it and achieve something that fulfills the temp track but surpasses it. So what I kept coming back to is that everyone needs to go to therapy because <laughs> as, as they say how you yes. do anything is how you do everything and, yeah, and so and once again it all boils down to trust i mean I, you know not to get like trusty wackadoodle here on y'all but <laughs> it, really, it really does boil down to trust like we trust that we're working with people who have good creative skills right mm -hmm. We trust that we're working with people who are good animators. You trust that you're working with people who have good business sense and understand, can say to you, you know what, that's, it's cute, but that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> like right. we understand the technology or the service. So, you know, we all have to trust each other here to sort of show up mm -hmm. 
with the smarts and the experience that we have to, to, to come up with the best product. And that's, you know, that's why it works because we trust each other. My challenge to studios, any creative company in today's world is one, you should be generating at least half or hopefully two thirds of your business through outbound and through marketing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not waiting for people to find you. Right. Right. Okay. Because when people find you and they say, Hey, do you want to come in? And do you want to pitch? You're already behind the eight ball. Like it's mm-hmm. too late. Mm-hmm. They've already made the RFP right. and they're already commoditizing you. They're treating you like an order taker. It's too late. How do you get out ahead of that? You need to talk to that person mm-hmm. six months ago. Yeah, yep, earlier. Yep, yep, exactly. How do you do that? Yeah. You, 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 you reach out and you find these people and you really study them and you learn th- about them and what their problems are so that when you reach out and you start a conversation, you're telling them, hey, I think six months from now, you guys are going to have this need and we should start talking about that sooner than later. Because rather than that project becoming an RFP in six months, they're going to say, no, I, I'm, I'm talking to Will. I don't, I, I know exactly how to solve this problem. I know yes. who I'm going to work with. What are some of the pitfalls um, that, you know, uh, sort of on both sides, clients and artists can avoid when doing some of this creative work? The biggest way to avoid pitfalls between clients and artists, and again, these are a lot of hard won lessons for sure. Setting clear expectations about everything is going to help. And that can be uncomfortable that can be uncomfortable for clients because they may not know all their expectations yet and that can be uncomfortable (laughs) for artists who feel like they just caught a fish and don't want that fish to wriggle off the line while they're like "Uh, can you please sign this form and pay me up but um but i try to really set clear expectations and i think you can set clear expectations in a really conversational way if you get used to it but um, you know, deadline, how feedback is delivered, what can be changed when in the pipeline is very important uh, to because people yes. don't always know with animation. Like, I really like what you said about boundaries. I have a somewhat similar feeling about the types of projects that I do, as I was just talking about um, working with clients who don't either know or don't give you like a somewhat clear idea of where they're headed or where they want to go having those boundaries is really really valuable it's important to remind them of like a show versus tell mentality Mm, you know we put together scripts where we work with copywriters to put together scripts and then when those scripts are sent to the client they tend to add a few more words Mm. i don't necessarily know that that means that the video will turn from 90 seconds to five minutes or who knows what (laughs) so it's great to have like a you know oh instead of saying we do x y and z we can show our characters or show our motion shapes doing something reminiscent of that so i think for you know a lot of clients there's a desire to have this thing yesterday which makes sense like the sooner it's in the world the faster it's doing work on your behalf but i encourage clients you know, not to rush the process because this can often come around and kind of bite us in the end. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, you get it. <laughs> we, you, uh, hear, yeah, you hear we, that, clients? Oh, yeah. You hear that? We, <laughs> yeah. We hear you. You know, yeah. like, for, <laughs> you know, visual changes, you know, are, for example, are easier to make, uh, quicker to make earlier in the process, you know, a uh, still image in a storyboard that's easier to change than once we fully animated it. You know, again, to use storyboards as an example, if we rush that process, 
there's a possibility that we then have to put even more time into the project and the animation phase, which ultimately takes longer time to complete. So when I think of collecting notes and acting on notes, I think of basically all those different reviews and the way that they can occur. You know, let's pretend that your group was not all in the same room. Let's say you got, so you get an email from the president of the company, you get a phone call with the people who are the safety compliance people, you get, you have lunch with uh, the people from the ad agency, right? Like, so, so over the course of a week, let's say you finish up a draft, you ship it out and over the course of a week, you get all of this input from all these different sources. Your job is to collect that, translate it, because if someone says like, I didn't like this part, that's not actionable. Right? right. If someone says this character needs to say Frank instead of uh, Felicia, that's actionable. You can just like act on it right away and it's easy. But when they say, I didn't like this part, this part got slow for me. That's when you have to, first of all, figure out what the note is behind, behind the note. Yeah. Right. Why? <laughs> the intention yeah. Why, it, why yeah. does that suck? Why does this person not like this moment? The sources are coming in from so many different places and so much different, so many different times and so many different backgrounds. That's hard to do. And you might have your meeting where you collect and process and filter the notes. And then, oh God, someone who hadn't chimed in within the deadline still chimes in. And, and you don't want to upset your clients. You want to do the best thing you can do, right? And so how do you integrate that stuff when the it comes in after the process? Of course, you can just say, hey, it came in late. We can't deal with it. But none of us want to do work that's less than great, right? We're all interested in right. doing the best work we can. And if you get good input, even if it's late, you want to act on it. So now make it more complex. Add in the fact that we're talking about a particular instance of a particular visual treatment of something. Okay, so we're looking at version two, animatic, mm -hmm. dated, this date. <laughs> yep. Someone says, this part is slow. What part are they talking about? Do they refer to it by time code? Do they refer to it by frame number? Mm -hmm. Do they refer to it on an online like video noting service? Or are they typing it into an email to you? And so, mm -hmm. and then if someone else, say, puts a note on some sort of online you know, feedback thing, those two notes maybe are related to the same part, but they're coming in in two different sources and someone has to unify them and connect them and go, oh, they're both talking about this part. So, so there's the filtering and the translating of notes. Um, once that's done, I think it's pretty straightforward to act on them. Let me shift gears a little bit. Um, what happens afterwards? So what do you hear clients say when you deliver final animation? What's what's the what's the end result after that? Do you have anything to report back? Is there anything back there that happens? <laughs> I don't think we've ever done one where the cl client wasn't just amazed. I mean, even if they even if they like really really understood the concept and where we were going, watching it unfold, you know, cuz they go through most of the steps with us and watching it unfold is like exciting for them, it's exciting for us, but even once, you know, like the story, the complete storyboards, they kind of get it, right? <laughs> but once yeah, they yeah, see yeah. it, I, I think, I don't think I've ever had anybody, um, we've ever had anybody who, who was like, oh, that's not really like what I was expecting. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And most of them haven't done anything like it before too. So, which makes it all that much cooler. We went to city council to advocate for this with residents, with the video, with the fact sheets, with everything, and that the city council unanimously voted to approve that for the city hey. of Springfield, right? Yes. So that was, and their feedback was, 
you guys had your stuff together. What a well put together presentation. And the video was so informative. It was just like, thank you. Yeah. So all the, the iterative efforts of engaging community voice in the process made sense when you are at a space of decision and power and you have decision makers in a room and you want to show them, we know our stuff, we know how to explain it, and we've got community engaged people ready to explain why it's important. Knowing what you know now in this moment in time, like what do you wish you had known about animation or utilizing the medium of animation for all of the goals that you have for storytelling in a way? I, sometimes I think like it must be really frustrating. You know, I always joke, it's like you speak French enough to ask where the bathroom is, but then like the answer comes and you're like, I, I don't speak enough French to know what that answer right, means. Right, like, right. I, yeah. I, you know, and I think we came into it a little bit like that, mm -hmm. uh, where we were like, we don't really know what this process is gonna be like. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly thought it went pretty well because we tried to stay really open mm -hmm. and we tried to make it, I hope, okay for you to tell us when we were, what you could do and what you couldn't without the sense that you were disappointing us. Um, yeah. in any way. Yeah, I did not feel frustrated. I was actually more appreciative that the questions came up and there was like transparency around the idea of like, hey, both sides don't know the situation right now. So how are we going to come together to fix it? It felt more, I think there's a, there's a part of collaborative work that requires both sides to let go a little bit. Again, I, I'm not an artist in any fashion at all, but I think I remember several times I've like tried to sketch something out and sent you a photo, or I tried to find something online that was similar to what I wanted and sent you that, you know? And so um, it's just having more patience, I think. I mean, y'all work remarkably fast. I don't mean it in that context, but I mean, patience in the process, you know, because we both have learned so much along the way, but a lot of people are afraid are afraid of things they don't understand and that fear stops them from progressing or they automatically get frustrated in the first week or two that they can't figure it out you don't understand what they're saying and they give up and they're going to go someplace else you know or god forbid they backtrack to something they do understand but they can't measure the effectiveness or you know they have proven less than effective in the past i think the reason that we have worked so well together is because you know any business right y'all's mine all these things is is about that relationship and it's about belonging right so y'all were welcoming of my ideas and i feel like my ideas are safe here you know um that y'all help me grow the thing i can't understand or i haven't tried yet and that kind of concept i would go into the public as well like you know, ACA, this is a member-based organization. We want you to be a member and feel like your concerns are, are heard here, that your voice is heard here, that your community engages here, that you can find the classes that you need here, you can find a competition if, if you wanna race here. All of those kind of things is that it doesn't matter what state you're from or what country you're from, um, that we offer something that you like and that you find others that are like-minded, you know, and so that we meet your needs in all those same kind of ways. And I think y'all embody that exact same concept and the way that you do in the industry in which you work. And so I think that's why we get along. We, we kind of do the same thing, even though they seem remotely different um, on the surface. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim, did you say GIF or GIF? <laughs> oh boy, here we go. The, yeah, this is, the, the whole podcast is going to derail now. <laughs> I always say JIF, just, uh, to, just to mix it up. Mix Jife. it up. Jife. <laughs> Because it can't yeah, be wrong. Geez. It cannot be wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Good. I'm a, I'm a gift person. Yeah. So. Meanwhile, I'm like checking myself. I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> did I say? Sorry. Totally fair.
thank you again to all of the guests who came on to the podcast. They really shared their knowledge this year. And, you know, it really touched us in a lot of ways emotionally just to hear some of the impact that some of the folks had with our work, some of the ways that they were using it, some of the new trends that are coming out, a little bit of AI, and even, you know, unearthing some of those problems that uh, we all experience. Yeah, that's true. I think every time we hit this time of year, we're we're reflective on both the company, on what we've learned, what we've taken away. But this year in particular feels a little bit different in terms of just being able to have a lot of deeper conversations that we didn't get to have before. So we're feeling really grateful and we hope you all enjoyed listening to some of those insights. And again, if you didn't catch all of one episode and you want to go back and listen we'll have links to all of the interviews at some place but you can you can go back wherever you find your podcasts and yeah we hope you enjoyed yeah thank you so much happy holidays everyone This episode was brought to you by E-Media. Our producer is Jackson Foote. Our music was created by Hidden and licensed through premiumbeat.com. And until next time, stay honest, stay creative, stay open. Open Pixel Studios, we will see you in the next episode. Bye. All right, before we close out, uh, we're just going to hit you with some holiday bad ideas that we've had from over the years. What do you got, Will? Okay, so this was a bad idea that was conceived December 17th, I think 2017, 2018, 2019. That's very early. I mean, that's that's when we yeah. started the company, basically. Yeah, super, super old. I think you can give this as a gift. I think it, um, and it's actually, it's kind of around the things that are kind of coming up now. Um, this was Occupational Candles. We need a better name for this. Well... The, they're candles that are infused with the scent of an occupation. <laughs> so mm-hmm. copy paper. Ah, uh, yes. For a copywriter. Would be a copywriter. Exactly. Uh, cubicle fabric. Ooh, that Could sounds like nice. Financial analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A dustbuster. Could be okay. like a jan- okay, janitorial yep. services. Or carpet. Yeah, if you want to smell like, if you want your room to smell like you're about to sneeze because of your allergies to dust. Exactly. (laughs) This one's for you. I feel like. Hot printer. Let me just get through the ones that we got through. What about occupation sense? Occupation sense. Occupus sense. (laughs) I'm working on this name. Keep going. Occupation sense. Mm hmm. I getcha. Um, I'll go through them quickly. Miner, farmer, barn animals, dirty keyboard. Ooh, nice. Canned air. <laughs> electric wire. Mm-hmm. And the last one was despair. Oh, despair. <laughs> what did we <laughs> why was that our last one? It's for the, it's for the entrepreneur. Ah, <laughs> uh, there it is. There it is. It all circles back.
in this moment <laughs> as we're reflecting on the year. We're uh, we're synergizing with our candles. There you go. That's uh, that's your bad idea of the year. And um, let us know your favorite bad idea of December from from the year that wasn't that one. <laughs> it's not our best. Uh, but yeah, as always, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We've come a long way in this first year of our, I was going to say stream, but our podcast. <laughs> and yeah, so we appreciate all the, all the liking, all the following, all the engagement. And just being a nice group of people and community and all that good stuff. So thank you. Yeah. We got some plans for 2024. We won't announce anything here, but we are working on revamping the podcast, doing some different things. And <laughs> we uh, are. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, we're excited for next year. So with that, I think we'll see you in 2024. Bye. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>